Welcome to the USU Career Studio podcast that helps you navigate your career path. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to tell your friends and family all about it. Subscribe to our podcast on Apple, Spotify, YouTube, or anywhere else you listen to get access to our newest content. Thanks for joining us for our Friday face-to-face episode. I'm Marissa Armitstead, your host, and I am excited to welcome alum and Delta Airlines first officer, Josh Crazen, to the show. Welcome, Josh. Thank you. Thanks for having me. So this month, we are really exploring some potential career paths that majors from the College of Agriculture and Applied Sciences can really help support. So Josh, so excited to have you here. I would love to just start by having you introduce us to to Josh. How did you become a pilot? Where were you first introduced to this field? Uh, You know, why why was it such a good fit for you? Take us back in time. Yeah. So this one's this is a really easy question. I grew up in an airline family. My mom was a flight attendant for Western Airlines who merged with Delta Airlines. So as a kid, I just grew up on airplanes. I, I was around them all the time. I traveled with my mom and uh, it, I, I saw her lifestyle and, and her friends. And it just was a very easy choice of something to do. Uh, a lot of people don't think they can become a pilot without joining the military. They think that's like their only option. Uh, but luckily, I was introduced to... Uh, the various pathways uh, to which you can become a pilot and Utah State uh, came up on the radar early on as a great place to go. And and so I just took it from there. Fabulous. Yeah, that's great. You know, and so I'm kind of curious. I feel like oftentimes students hear the word pilot and they say, OK, that's the person who's operating the plane makes makes enough sense. Right. But I'm curious, you know, on a, on a day to day basis, what does being a pilot actually entail? Will you kind of walk us through like a typical day? A typical day, sure. Yeah, let's let's do a typical day um, on the road. That would okay. be more interesting. Be waking up and, and going to work from home. So <laughs> on the road, uh, you're you're in a hotel, and you'll we usually try to get a few things in. Most pilots I know, when you're in the hotel, you got to eat something so that you're nourished and for the day. Try to get an, some exercise in, and then make sure you get to the cruise shuttle on time to get to the airport. So you'll 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 do all those things. You'll take a shuttle. You'll arrive at the airport about an hour before the flight departs. Um, we have a, a, a method that we can get through security a little quicker than everybody else. So we don't have to worry about long security lines and all that. Lucky. Uh, we show up about it. <laughs> yeah, we were very lucky. Uh, about an hour prior to departure. And then we board the plane and we immediately start um, pre-flight checks that take, oh, it, depending on what's happening with the weather and things, they take anywhere from 15 to 20 minutes. Uh, and then we focus on, we try to focus on the passengers coming on board the plane. And then the course of the day, so a typical day after, after the people board, we'll fly, if you're a domestic pilot, you'll fly somewhere between two and five flights that day. And then you'll end up somewhere else. You'll take a cruise shuttle to a hotel and you'll go to bed and rinse, repeat next thing the next day. Awesome. Okay. So something that popped up in my head as you were talking about that. So is it required for pilots to like welcome the guests? I, I was just thinking, I've always noticed that, that I think most of the pilots I've ever seen are really kind and just, you know, welcome aboard. They're very excited. Is that like a requirement? <laughs> <laughs> That's a good question. I, I, I don't know if I would call it a requirement uh, as much as an ask by, by the, the best practice. <laughs> requirement would definitely be make sure everything is operating on the plane before you push back from the gate. 
So our, our priority is to check the inside and the outside of the plane every flight. And then time permitting, yeah, we'll step into the uh, into the jetway or to the, the boarding area and, and try to welcome everybody as they uh, board the airplane. Awesome. Love that. Yeah. Okay. And actually, let's take a step back really fast and chat a little bit about some pilot terminology. So officer, a first officer as compared yeah. to what? How does that work? Sure. As, as compared to a captain. So there are there are two pilots on every commercial flight and you're designated as either the captain, the first officer, the first officer sits in the right seat, the captain sits in the left seat. The, the duties are very similar. Uh, we'll typically alternate legs who will fly the plane. Uh, like if we start here in Salt Lake and we fly to, I don't know, New York, maybe the captain will fly to New York. And then from New York, we go down to Florida, then I'll fly to, as a first officer to Florida. And, and, and you just kind of flip who flies. But there has to be somebody ultimately who's in charge and that is the captain so when you're trying to make a decision about any number of scenarios you can come up with in an airplane you know you work as a team you involve other people around you and and you know build a, a big coalition of people to try to help you make a decision but the final decision will be with the captain that's why he or she is the captain makes sense thanks for uh, explaining that for us who are not quite as uh, familiar with the field <laughs> Yeah, that's awesome. So I'm curious, you talked a little bit about how you got into this field, but on the day to day, where do you tend to find the most enjoyment or engagement with this job? Is it when you're actually flying? Like when, when is that enjoyable to you? The most enjoyable thing is, is a new destination for me. Um, I've, I've been flying in the airlines now 13 years and I've seen all, pretty much everywhere in the United States. And I, I'm just now going to start sort of a new chapter. I'm, I'm going to start flying internationally. And so there's a lot for me to look forward to. I, I will probably fly to Asia quite a bit, Europe, um, to Hawaii. And so those, those types of places that I've never been to before bring a lot of uh, excitement and enjoyment. The, the, the idea to, to learn about new cultures, you know, interact with, with people. Uh, from these these places that I've never uh, spoken with before, been to that that's going to bring a lot of enjoyment and a lot of fun. So that inner inner travel bug was maybe a part of the decision making yeah. as you decided on this career path. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Awesome. So flipping flipping sides a little bit here, what are some of the challenges? And I'd I'd love to have you talk a little bit about maybe some of the challenges people don't think about off the top of their head when they're thinking about uh -huh. becoming a pilot. Okay, the the biggest challenge and, and and one that's often misunderstood is the is the lifestyle of a pilot. I think people envision us as gone all the time, um, and to a certain extent that can be true. But with some, some seniority at your company, seniority being the amount of time you spent with the company, your 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 schedule is determined by your seniority. So if you the, the longer you're with the airline, the better your schedule can be, and when you get some control you can re really manipulate the kind of lifestyle you want. So you can choose to just go out and fly day trips where you just fly out and back and, and you're just, you're home every night, or you can choose to go fly for 14 days straight and then have <laughs> 16 days off. And you wow. can, you can map that up where you fly the first 14 days of the month. Then you take 16 off. Then you take the 16 off the, the beginning of the next month and fly 14. You can have a whole month off if you, if you, if you really want to. So 
the, the, that is, is a kind of misunderstood um, topic of, of, of our careers, our schedule. The challenge, the biggest challenge of the schedule is the sleep. I mean, we are in time zones. Our body clock is goofy. We are eating at um, inordinate hours. And you've got to really take care of yourself. We, you've got to be healthy in, in this job. It's, 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 it's almost a requirement for you to be able to perform uh, and not be fatigued. You know, you don't, you don't want, you don't want to be sleepy um, or hungry or anything like that. So you've got to really take care of and figure out a routine for your, your, uh, your biological self. Yeah. Makes sense. And Josh, yeah. something I want to maybe dig into a little bit more with you, you mentioned the lifestyle and how people often think it's maybe only, there's only one path you can kind of take with mm-hmm. um, being a pilot. What has, what has that lifestyle looked like for you over the past couple of years? Like when you first started, what did the hours look like versus maybe right now? Right. Great question. Um, and that's be- so when I first started, the hours were long and hard and, and I worked a lot and you are, when you're new, your first year at an airline is called your probationary year. That sounds very scary. You're on probation, <laughs> but that, that's what every airline coins it. And what they want, what they want to ensure of, they want to ensure that first year that you are going to be the type of employee that you said you'd be punctuality is very, very important at the airlines. You, you can see in advertisements and everything else for the airlines, number one on time, number one completion factor, which means we, we complete our schedule with the least amount of canceled flights and things like that. So they want to make sure you're someone who is going to show up when you say you're going to show up. So that first that first year at the beginning of the career, I, I was a four-day trip every week. Um, so I'd leave like, like a Monday and be home on a Thursday. And I would fly a lot, like four or five flights every day for those 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 first those four days. And then as I got some seniority, I was able to get trips that were only two days long. And I'd, I'd put give myself a day off and then fly two and then a few days off and then one. And you can really, it gets a lot better um, with that time. And then you, you can control if you like, if you're a PM person, you can fly trips that you, you can sleep in in the morning and fly late into the night. Or if you like to wake up, you can bid trips where you get up at 5 a.m. and you're done by 2 in the afternoon. So you can really get some control um, as later on in your career. Thanks for elaborating on that. That's super interesting. Um, and it kind of leads me to the next point that I wanted to chat with you about um, in terms of actual skills. So I'd love to have you break this down for us a little bit and talk about, on the one hand, the technical side, like what does being a pilot look like? You know, what kinds of operations are you doing? I don't know. So maybe talk us through some of the basic technical side of things, but then I'd also love to hear about some of those more interpersonal skills. Yeah, absolutely. So technically... I think people imagine that all pilots are very left-brained and super technical. They they pass the flight deck on their way to their seat and everyone kind of peeks in and you see all the buttons and the switches <laughs> and you think, wow, that is a lot of stuff to know, right? Uh, but technically, I would say you you need to have a, a sound understanding of, of um, basic scientific principles of and this, this all comes through your education. It's nothing you have to, to naturally know of, of electronics, um, some hydraulics and um, fuel and, and things like that. It, it's, it's not overly complicated mathematics or anything like that. You don't have to be a genius at calculus. We're really not doing 
anymore a lot of mathematics in our head, like early pioneers were in this in this field. We have so much technology in the airplane. Uh, if if you know how to operate your iPhone 13 or whatever it is, <laughs> some level of of expertise, um, you'd probably do a pretty good job in an airplane with the training. You know, it's it's mm. it's not anything much beyond that, just on a bigger scale. It's it's technology, it's high technology, but um and, and some science, but not a lot of mathematic, mathematical stuff or things like that involved. I think that'll help relieve some pressure that maybe some students are feeling yeah. as they think about this career path. So that's great. Um, and then again, on on maybe the more like interpersonal side, I would really love to hear, you know, what is your relationship with the captain look like? Like how important of a relationship is that versus like the flight attendants? I don't know. Talk to us about some of that interpersonal. This, this, this side of aviation is more important than anybody realizes. You're, when you interview for an aviation job, this is in my opinion and in my research personally, the, the team looking to hire you, they, they've recognized your technical skills based on your resume and your application. There are certain you know, objective measures that they look for and they, that they see you've met. But in the actual interview process, they are looking for soft skills. They are looking for someone who can be a leader, a team player, and someone who can communicate. Your relationship as a crew, so like the captain and the first officer, is essential. Uh, it is very important. You have to have an environment with open and clear communication. If somebody's making a mistake up there, you want an environment where you feel free to mention that mistake or to have that mistake mentioned to you. You know, you don't you don't want someone to be bashful. So communication with the as a crew is very important. There's also people outside of the flight deck that you have to have great relationships with, even if they're short and introductory, like like all the flight attendants. I mean, they are a big factor if there's ever a problem, an emergency. Um, we, we're working with air, air traffic control all the time. We're talking to them constantly. They're a big asset. Um, we have a dispatcher. So somebody on the ground that works for the airline that's watching our flight and in involving them in decisions is a big, is a, is a, uh, a very important skill to have. So your ability to gather data, communicate that, that information and, and come to a conclusion is very, very important in this job. It's a, it's a skill, a leadership skill and a communicate and communication skill based profession in a lot of ways. Communication is coming through loud and clear, Josh. And I'm curious, yeah. you know, was that a skill? Where did you start developing that? Was that, you know, during your educational experience? Was it more on the job? Maybe both? Uh, it was both. I, I felt like my time learning about the profession at Utah State, it was it was made clear to me then how important communication was. And then as you as you fly, you are you are communicating with your flight instructor and then a lot of us, myself included, taught as a flight instructor. And, and as you teach, you learn the value of communication in a, I don't know if I'd call it a, a hostile environment, but when you're with a student in an airplane that they've, they're flying for the first or second time. It's got to be a little terrifying. <laughs> for, yeah. Hopefully not for me, you know, as the instructor, but they're, they have a lot going on. Right. And so yeah. flying an airplane can get pretty involved in certain phases of flight approach and landing and things like that. So knowing what to say and how to say it the appropriate time is is essential uh, a lot of this i did learn on the job and it's one of the things that experience gives you the um the most of 
is your communication. The more you've been flying, the better your communication gets and the better your understanding of communication becomes. Fabulous. Well, Josh, I have one more question for you before we wrap things up. But before I get to that question, I would love to hear if you're able and willing to share. Do you have any crazy pilot stories? Maybe just one that you can uh, give us today. <laughs> I sure this. So I've had this question. I was wondering if you would ask this person. I've had this question my entire life, right? Because uh, people want to know, like, what have you ever almost crashed or any anything crazy like that? And for a long time, I, I, I was like, no, I've got nothing. I, it was a great, I, I've been flying for however, 10, 12 years. And I'm sorry, I have nothing scary. But many years ago, um, when I was a regional airline pilot at SkyWest, I had, I had one experience. I will, I will make this, this story short. We, it was severe, very turbulent coming into Salt Lake. We're landing um, to the south. And it got so bumpy and we, we entered the clouds as we, as we lined up with the runway, the autopilot could, could no longer handle the airplane switched. It turned off by itself. I took the airplane and as we started to descend down to land in the clouds, this warning shouted out in the airplane. The airplanes have these automated warnings sometimes that they recognize, you know, situations. And one of these situations is called wind shear. Wind shear is an extreme shift in wind and in the direction. And I won't get into the details. But when you hear the airplane yell, wind shear, wind shear, there's a memorized procedure we all do. And you only ever really practice it in the simulator. But I, it was like second nature that, that, that we heard that noise and we did the procedure. And we, we pitched that plane to its most optimum angle to climb with the maximum amount of power to just climb away from the airport as fast. And we were still descending just slowly like this. And the plane leveled off. And once we got away from the wind shear area, we climbed like crazy. And we were up at 10,000 feet in no time. All these warnings went off at the airport. Our plane obviously gave us a warning. They shut the, the airport down. We went out into a holding pattern and uh, waited, came back and landed. And we were done for the day. Um, so that was that was an experience in, in, with, with wind shear that um, I hope I never have to do that again. But now when I go back to the simulator and I do wind shear scenarios, they're a piece of cake. That's the good news. So that firsthand experience will do it for you, huh? Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, Josh, I've so enjoyed chatting with you today. And I do want to close out with just one final question. And that question is just really giving us your best piece of advice. You know, for someone who is interested in becoming a pilot, what, what would you tell that person? So I would tell them um, that like anything really in life or especially in education, to Decide where you want to go in aviation. If, if you say, I want to be a pilot, what kind of pilot do you want to be? And if you don't know, that's okay. But if you do, create what I call a flight plan. We have a flight plan as pilots when we fly from A to B. You've got to create a flight plan for your career and, and learn what that ultimate destination wants out of you in terms of soft skills, technical skills, and figure map it out how you want to do it. And then develop skills along the way and network. Um, to get to, to, to know all of, all of the, the things you need to know to arrive at that place. And we mentioned it, you mentioned it, develop your ability to communicate and try to find some ways to gain uh, leadership experience, no matter what it is. But when you are on an airplane and, and, and it's not like a car where you can pull over to the side of the road, stop to think about what you're going to do when your engine shuts down. You're 
you've got to be a good decision maker. Learn to be a good decision maker uh, early on. And uh, yeah, th- those types of soft skills um, and some, some, you know, some minor technical stuff. Pick a good university. I'd recommend Utah State. It's an incredible place to, to go to school. It's one of the top aviation schools in the country. Whoop, whoop. Um, yeah. <laughs> Fabulous. Yeah. Well, thanks so much, Josh. I so appreciate coming on the show today, chatting with us about this field, uh, talking to us about uh, you know the ins and outs, and also sharing your fun, fun little uh, story there. So, thanks so much for for being with us today. We hope you loved this episode of the USU Career Studio podcast. If you haven't already, make sure to subscribe and share this episode with your friends and family. 